Welcome to Lead to Succeed, an interview series with business leaders about economic growth and leadership in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. This show is produced by InvestUP, the leading regional economic organization for the UP. For more information, visit investupmi.com. Here is the host of Lead to Succeed, former CEO of the Michigan Economic Development Corporation, Steve Arwood. Well, welcome back to another segment of Lead to Succeed, our continuing series of conversations with leading CEOs in Michigan's Upper Peninsula. And today I have Jessica Frost, CEO of Lakeshore Systems. Welcome, Jessica. Thank you. Great to be here, Steve. You know, I was looking at, uh, uh, I, was, I was doing a little research this morning, and I see that uh, you have both degrees from uh, Indiana. And I was wondering, are you originally a Hoosier or was that just where uh, you went to school? No, nope, I'm originally a Hoosier. I was born in northern Indiana and grew up mainly in central Indiana and uh, moved up here to the UP about 15 years ago. Oh, great. So uh, basketball, uh, uh, Indiana basketball, are you still root <laughs> or are you, a, are you a Michigan State fan yet? Well, I grew up in South Bend, so Notre Dame. Ah, yeah. All right. Well, you know, I was uh, looking at the history of, of your company is fascinating. Uh, you know, it goes back 160 years. And while it's not, you know, been the same ownership for 160 years, it kind of follows the path of some of our other leading UP businesses that they've been around for a long, long time. Uh, very interesting. Uh, can you explain maybe a little bit of your about your current ownership? and uh, how that uh, how that came to be. Sure, yep. Um, so Mr. Wayne Oldenburg owned us for almost 30 years and he sold us in 2016, just coming up on five years, to a private equity firm in New York called JF Lehman and Company. That private equity firm was started by John Lehman, who was Secretary of the Navy under Ronald Reagan. And mm -hmm. when, when he left his public life, he, he saw a real need in the marketplace, in the at least in the Navy industrial base. Small companies like ours that have a lot of potential, but maybe not the capital wherewithal to really grow. And uh, that's what he wanted to fix. So he started this private equity firm. And the JFL has been pretty tremendous in supporting us. We have grown quite a bit under their ownership. And yeah, so they're, uh, they're a good private equity firm. Well, the, the other interesting thing, and and you know, when you mentioned private equity firms, is that you've maintained a commitment to basically your traditional and original manufacturing locations. And um, I, I'm sure there's reasons for that. Uh, as you've been CEO and looked at opportunities, either, um, you know, we all do, we all understand that opportunities to do things are, are sometimes better or not other places. What, what's been the kind of the leadership vision about keeping and securing this, uh, uh, this work in the Upper Peninsula? Well, there's a couple aspects to it. One is, one is the people, that's, that's the number one. Whenever we bring customers here from anywhere in the country or even other countries, we, we bring them through the factories and then we sit down and talk with our people, our engineers, our, our welders, whoever it is. And the comment I get most consistently, this is from customers is, where do you find these people? These people are just amazing. And it's true. You know, sometimes you go in a factory and you tour and you feel like, you know, you're going to be murdered in the parking lot and not up here in the UP. It's not like that. You know, people are, 
they're very engaging and you've got a ton of really creative problem solvers and and the kind of culture of of candid honest you know input and feedback it, you just get a lot done and it's it's very refreshing to a lot of people that come here from outside the UP so that's really part of our our secret sauce um, and the ownership understands that the other thing dynamic right now in shipbuilding in particular is uh, our our shipyards most of what we supply is to shipyards that are building new ships for the navy so they're private shipyards we're a sub in providing equipment to them and they are they don't have enough people or space in the in the shipyards to build all the ships they need to and so our location is really a tremendous asset we've got all this great skill and and ability but we're not competing with the shipyards for the same workers and so that's been a huge plus over the last year Antonagan's a great example we've got Newport New Shipbuilding uh, in Virginia is, is contracting us to build sections of aircraft carriers and, and uh, submarines up in Ontonagon because we've got the skill, we've got the people, and we're not competing with them for, you know, the same labor pool. So, you know, it's very interesting. I, uh, and I don't think a lot of people realize this, how deep and uh, long-spanning the defense industry uh has in the UP. Um, and then, of course, your suppliers and, and sub-suppliers. Um, do you see room for more growth in that in the Upper Peninsula? Or do you believe that, um, you know, given the demographics and the, you know, basically the population size that, uh, is, is that a growth area you see? Uh, yeah. For those that want to be part of this kind of supply chain effort that's going on there? Yeah, absolutely. There, there's growth in in working directly for these Navy customers. Yeah, there's absolutely more opportunity. There's plenty of work uh, to go around, uh, but also the you know our our supply chain. So we need help with you know metal forming and and paint and things like that. That uh, there's there's definitely it's it's hard to find it's hard to find suppliers right now to help us do the work we have under contract. Uh, we've got some great you know long term relationships with some companies, but. I, I absolutely see more growth potential. Companies right now that are in the UP that maybe are low on work should be reaching out to the defense industry because there's the you know the Pentagon is worried about the supply base. There's just not enough um, not yeah. enough resources out there. So, and the other thing that I think going back to the labor pool is with this pandemic, you know, th this has been a great great influx of people wanting to come back home. And yeah. You know, typically recruiting is, you know, our location is a bit of a liability, trying to get people to move up here. We've seen a big shift in people wanting to move back home and get out of the cities and, and they're reassessing their lifestyles. And want, it's pretty hard to top the Upper Peninsula for, yeah. for in lifestyle. And, and you're, every CEO, CEO I talk to is basically telling me the same thing that, you know, there's this, this labor level that that's there and it's been there but then attracting top talent uh engineering uh, finance uh you know systems controls these types of folk um it's not that hard and it's not just people i'm hearing it's not just people that want to come back home it's people that want to leave where they're at and go somewhere new and uh definitely the lifestyle and the 
and the opportunity is there. I, I noticed uh, about 15% of your employees are uh, military or, or past military veterans. Is that an intentional hiring strategy on your part, or is it just the way it works when you're in your kind of industry that, you know, people leave, you know, maybe Navy jobs or Navy careers, uh, you know, and they just kind of end up gravitating toward this, or is that an intentional strategy? Well, we do, we do offer incentives, you know, our internal hiring, if you refer somebody and, and they get hired and stay for a certain amount of time, there's incentive program, there's an additional incentive if they're a welder, and on top of that, an additional incentive if they're a veteran. So, so we do encourage it. I can't really take credit for that being a strategy. I think that the people that have been in the military tend to gravitate to a supplier of products for the military. So I also think in the Upper Peninsula in particular, there's just a high uh, percentage of veterans. So that's there just is. part of the labor pool at least where we live. Mm -hmm. Now that we're, I say post-pandemic, because I think we, we largely are, um, are you caught up in supply chain problems uh, like most manufacturers I talk to, that there's just a, um, there's a catch-up period here that we're going to have to go through and, and it just is what it is, I guess. Uh, or are you kind of outside of that uh, in a different way? Well, we're, yes, there, there's certainly some supply chain disruptions, but not, not much. You know, we already buy almost everything from U.S. suppliers. And so a lot of the supply chain disruptions that other companies were dealing with were you know, materials coming in from European countries that were still locked down, that kind of thing, or the port of Los Angeles, you know, that. That didn't really impact us much because almost everything we get domestically. Um, and, and the other thing is it becomes a convenient excuse, right? So uh, somebody gets behind and, and they send out a letter to all their customers saying, uh, due to the pandemic, we're gonna be six months late. But we found that when we call up those suppliers and say, we didn't mean our stuff, right? Seriously. <laughs> that was somebody else's stuff, right? Yeah. And you're like, well, okay, you're right. You're a good, you're a good customer. We, yeah next week you know so you gotta have you gotta dig in our supply chain team does a great job of mitigating a lot of those risks so yeah when you look around uh you know you definitely in a uh, an interesting situation in uh in the within the western up and maybe i'll just ask the question either western up or the entire up um the demographics of the upper peninsula obviously uh getting older, um, you know, shrinking a bit. Uh, the population's been static. Uh, kind of the K-12 enrollments continue to go down. I mean, I don't need to repeat the statistics, but also there's a lot of opportunity. And, and you just mentioned some, you know, people wanting to get back home or wanting to get to the Upper Peninsula. If you could give some policy advice. I mean, from your seat as a CEO and, and knowing what you need, long-term um, and in turn knowing that if your company does well, the community does well, what, what are some key points that if you were to stand up in front of a bunch of other CEOs and say, hey, we need to coalesce around three or four leadership issues here and really promote it, what, what would be on your list? 
Well, there's there's a that's it's a long list, I guess. Top <laughs> couple. Uh, no, I I do think there's a ton of potential. I, I think that you know attracting people to move here for the first time or to move back home, there's a pretty significant housing shortage, and so that's a that's a concern. As something you know, we joined the Dickinson Area Economic Develop, Development Alliance just for this reason, exactly what you're talking about, is we're not the only ones that have this issue kind of mm -hmm. limiting us from bringing on new people. Other area businesses have the same thing. And, and I really would just encourage businesses to collaborate with one another. Uh, there's, there's a sense that, well, we're competing for employees. I suppose we are a bit, but it's good for all of us if we can you know, have, have multiple job opportunities. You're, People are much more likely to move up here if they know there's more than one game in town uh, and maybe a job for the trailing spouse, that kind of thing. So um, so I would say collaborating, whether it's through an EDA kind of organization or just, just uh, kind of ad hoc relationships, I think in general, there's a lot more opportunity to collaborate um, between, between supply chains um, on new opportunities and in solving issues like like housing or education, the, the vocational education um, that kind of went by the wayside in a lot of places, uh, that's, that's become our, our saving grace. Places like Ontonagon has a tremendous CTE program for welding at the high school. That's why we reopen welding operations there because mm -hmm. we have a pool of talent and there's nowhere to work up there. So, uh, so we jump in and we hope other people do too because that's only going to help us uh, continue to grow in Ontonagon is if there's other viable employers up there as well. So. You know, it's, uh, it, it's always interesting to, 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 to hear those kind of things because, you know, the, the theme is the same wherever you're at in the Upper Peninsula, you know, every, you know, the population is so spread out kind of into micro economies, but, you know, when you look at, you know, everyone kind of brings up the same issues around a particular industry. You know, when you uh, have to make big decisions as a CEO or as you move along your CEO life, uh, we all learn things and, and we try not to make this the same mistake twice. Sometimes that isn't always uh, uh, an easy thing to avoid. But what is your go-to? I mean, you know, a lot of people, you know, they have a network of other CEOs they talk to, or they, uh, you know, they, they have mentors or different types of people. How do you, how do you um, kind of go to somebody when you have a CEO issue that needs, uh, needs attention and you, and you may think you're not doing the right thing, or you may think you are. I mean, some people are very intuitive and some people are very, well, I need to talk to somebody that really has been through this. What, what, what's your style? I, yeah, I do. So I do have some other, some other CEO friends that, that I'll bounce things off of occasionally. Um, I, I have a mentor that I adopted um, when I was a new, a new project manager here 15 years ago, and he was a few years away from retirement. And, uh, and his name is Tom Smarch. He's out in Ontonagon as well. And he's a He's the kind of person that's that will tell me the truth, even if I don't want to hear it. <laughs> so that's the kind of valuable mentor to me that I try and surround myself with people like like Tom that will that will be candid with me. I might not spill here. Here's exactly the problem I'm dealing with. You know, what do you think I should do? At least I don't really have anyone I do that with. But it's more 
helping me keep things in perspective and reminding me what's what's really important. Why am I here at this company? What does this company need me to do to make the hard decisions? And as long as you keep, you know, your your own values and priorities in mind when you're making those decisions, it makes it a lot easier. I do, I do also have through our private equity firm, uh, they part of their structure is a, is kind of a liaison. I call him my CEO coach. So uh, so he's someone that's in, in regular contact, knows what kind of the big issues going on and opportunities in the company. And and if I'm not sure, I'm not afraid to run things by him and get his advice. But uh, so that's, uh, I've talked to other CEOs that are owned by private equity firms. And I realize that's a, a rare and precious gift that not everybody gets that. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's been a great conversation and uh, best wishes to you and and your employees and everything you're doing. And thank you for what you're doing, um, supporting the Upper Peninsula and and supporting our national defense. I think that's a a very interesting uh, uh, aspect of this whole thing. And I hope people uh, take time to learn more and hopefully uh, you'll get some phone calls from, you know, if anybody's watching this, you'll get some, uh, you get some phone calls about people that want to be your suppliers. So, uh, would love to help you grow that as well. So. All right. You too, Steve. Thank you. This has been Lead to Succeed, an interview series with business leaders about economic growth and leadership in the UP of Michigan. This show has been produced by InvestUp, the leading regional economic organization for the UP. For more information and to check out additional episodes, visit investupmi.com. You can also download the audio-only version wherever your major podcasts are found by searching Lead to Succeed.